0: This podcast was brought to you by Optus Stadium. Now taking orders for your next breakfast or lunch meeting. Good afternoon and welcome to At Close of Business, a daily podcast hosted by Business News. While lower returns on equity have flowed through to Western Australia's top earners this year, the river has hardly run dry for the top end of town. On today's episode of Our Close of Business, I sit down with senior journalist Matthew McKenzie to discuss why executive pay has remained firm this year despite fewer incentives. But first, here's the news you need to know today.
1: Oil and gas supplier Woodside will invest US$5 dollars in low-carbon energy by 2030, while still benefiting from its recently announced merger with BHP's petroleum business. Chief Executive Meg O'Neill told investors today that while she expected liquefied natural gas to remain an important energy source for decades, Woodside should support customers' efforts to lower carbon production. She said the investment would be spent on carbon capture, hydrogen and ammonia to reduce customer emissions. The company has recently made a series of moves, including announcing a potential hydrogen production plant to be built near Quinana. Another project in the Bell Bay area of Tasmania would use hydropower and wind to produce the same energy types. The first of these projects is expected to be running by the mid-2020s. Environmental groups have criticised Woodside for taking on BHP's petroleum business and proceeding with the Scarborough Gas Project off the West Australian coast. The company claims it will still achieve net zero direct emissions by 2050. And in property news, WA's strong residential property market is expected to continue, with house prices predicted to increase a further 10 percent into 2022, according to the Real Estate Institute of WA. REWA President Damian Collins said this followed a 14 percent rise during 2021, showing that the Perth market was still in recovery. REWA figures showed sales activity was strong in Perth, during 2021, with average weekly sales of up to 865, up from 680 in 2020. Mr Collins said sales often exceeded 1000 a week during spring, demonstrating strong demand. The real estate body anticipates a modest increase in listings into 2022, with the resumption of migration expected to add to the demand for housing. And the property arm of Andrew Forrest's Tatarang has acquired Up's Cape Lodge, including the eight-acre private vineyard which exclusively produces the hotel's premium wine. The 40-acre site was first opened as a six-bedroom luxury bed and breakfast in 1993, but grew to feature 22 rooms following an extensive renovation in 2003. Now, the lodge is considered one of the best of its kind in Australia, with dining, leisure, conference facilities and a restaurant overlooking the main lake. In a statement released this afternoon, Tatarang Chief Investment Officer John Hartman confirmed the company's property arm Five A had acquired the hotel, which has been in the hands of Navitas founder Peter Larson and his wife Joelle for the last 14 years. The purchase comes amid a big week for the Tatarang business, with the company's agricultural arm Harvest Road Group announcing just yesterday that it had acquired New Norcia Farm for $40 million. On Sunday, 5-8 unveiled its plans to revamp Cottesloe's ageing Indiana teahouse with restaurants, cafes, a rooftop pool and a boutique hotel.
0: We'll be right back. Those in the know know Optus Stadium is the perfect place to host. Weddings, parties, anything, whatever the size of your wedding, ball, graduation or sundowner, our award-winning Optus Stadium makes the perfect backdrop. Our space equals peace of mind. Our chefs equal world-class catering. Our service equals happy guests. Want to create lasting memories for your guests? Visit optastadium.com.au to find out more.
2: Data and insights is one of the pillars of the Business News editorial offering. And there's a database there with thousands and thousands of Western Australian executives and business people. And there's so many businesses listed on there. Lots of information. And one of the most fascinating pieces of data with some fascinating insights is our CEO salary coverage. Now, Jordan, you've looked at CEO salaries in our latest edition in the feature. Can you tell us who are the top paid CEOs in WA, the top paid executives? And how does it compare to other sectors of the economy? Yeah, it's a fascinating question, and uh, I've been tasked with this one this year. I believe it's usually
0: uh, Mark Byer who sits down to crunch the numbers on this. And I've taken a look, and this year it's Rob Scott, who is the highest-paid uh, executive in Western Australia. We had him recently for a success and leadership breakfast. According to our research, he makes $6.93 million, or did make $6.93 million in the past year. Uh, and that was mostly driven by his equity holdings. And regular readers of this feature will note that it's usually equity payments that make up the bulk of executive remuneration and just looking at this table that we've put together here. There's a lot of interesting examples of that there's Keith John at Pioneer Credit Victor Rosenberg at Clearview Technologies going down to uh, Stephen Parsons at Bellevue Gold where a substantial amount of their income is made up of equity payments. Uh, Victor Rosenberg I think is the most interesting one his salary is only about $200,000 it's mostly equity based payments that make up the rest of his $4.10 million income which put him at number 7 on our list. And yes it is interesting to compare this across other sectors of the economy. One uh, interesting hook that I found for this article was comparing the Premier's income to that of Executives. And he only makes about $430,000 a year when you account for his allowance and his base salary. I compared that somewhat cheekily to Ryan Stokes's income as the Managing Director of Seven Groups Holding. He makes about 10 times that much. Ryan's dad, Kerry, he makes a similar amount just sitting on the board of Seven Group Holdings. The other interesting little point I made there was around uh, income for the bottom end of town for workers. As I understand it, according to Treasury's budget estimates, wages growth won't overtake inflation until about the middle of the 2020s. There's even real wage decreases this year and next, so even while there's been this broader trend of lower income for executives here in WA, they're still doing pretty well for themselves.
2: Yeah, no surprise there that uh, the inflation numbers are going to continue to cause a problem in Treasury's data. Uh, that's one trend. What are the other trends that we've looked at? Uh, you've talked a bit about equity payments. A lot of it does
0: seem to have come down to this decline in equity-based payments. So one thing I picked up on was that there's even less of people's incomes being uh, performance tested this year. Ian Testro is a really fascinating example Uh, As I understand it, he's been at the top of this list now for two years. Uh, He's number three this year, and that's because there's been a decline in how much of his income is performance tested. It's still 80% of his income, which is tied to share-based payments, uh, but that came down from about 89% last year. So I think that indicates uh, the big difference that can be made with less of someone's income being based on the value of their share-based payments. Another trend that we looked at was uh, changes in actual pay. So this is a bit of a complex situation, but the way in which we put these lists together We use statutory income, which is more just an accounting figure to show you how much it costs to employ the executive. Uh, Actual pay is, well, what it sounds like is the actual pay. There were some little interesting movements there. So Chris Ellison has quite a modest position on our list. Uh, He's at number nine with $3.48 million earned in the past year. His actual pay, though, was $7.39 million, which... If you don't adjust everyone else's income, that puts him at the top of the list. Another example is Graham Kerr. He's number two on our list on his um, based on his statutory income. But if you use the actual pay, it's about half what his statutory income is. Funnily enough, it was also an increase on his actual pay on 2020. So there's a lot of confusing little bits and pieces within how we make these calculations, and it makes the research part of this feature incredibly difficult.
2: Well, I'm sure our readers are grateful for the work that you've put in there, and certainly Chris Ellison, whereas the state pretty grateful for the way mineral resources has gone so successfully over the past few years and producing iron ore and lithium, and it's great for our exporting incomes. What about looking ahead, looking to next year? So there was just a very big IPO with APM onto the share market in recent weeks, will that impact next year's earners? Yeah, it's an interesting question and it's one that I tried to answer in this feature because I think it's interesting enough to look
0: back at the past year and put these lists together. But one thing I wanted to do was look forward and see some of the big names who might appear on this list. And you're right, APM, that was a huge float. And if you look through their prospectus, you'd see that Michael Angie is going to have a base salary of $2.1 million next year, which is extraordinary. That would, I think, be one of the highest base salaries recorded in this list. But if you look at his incentives as well, he's got anywhere from 3.2 to $5.3 million worth of equity that will be following him around at APM. I speculated that if this list were to be done again next year, Mr. Angie should be at the top of that, depending on how APM performs. I note that their share price is not quite as high as the offer price. Uh, there was a few other names. Uh, Michael Cheney, I think, is an interesting one. Uh, we didn't calculate his Northern Star resources fee in this particular feature, simply because he's not fully realised that fee this year. But we expect that he'll be towards the top of that list next time around, uh, given his position as Chair of West Farmers as well. And two additions that'll be interesting to note on the note of Northern Star will be Bill Beeman, who's now at Develop Global, and uh, Raleigh Finlayson, who's uh, at Genesis Minerals. They've got quite hefty share incentives following them around, so it'll be interesting to see where they end up in the years ahead. Two more interesting ones. uh, Ben Wyatt, I think there's been a lot of attention to all the positions he's been appointed to over the past six months. We don't think he's going to be troubling uh, the top earners in this list come next year, in part because we could only find two positions that seem to have remuneration tied to them, and they are Woodside Petroleum and Rio Tinto. Uh, He's not going to get any sort of income for West Coast Eagles, Telephone Kids Institute, or the Perth Festival, and his role as a strategic advisor to APM, apparently does not come with any fee payment. Lastly, and uh, this one I found rather humorous, was Kerry Stokes. Uh, now, he recently resigned as the Chair of Seven Group Holdings, but funnily enough his fees actually going to increase next year from $390,000 to $475,000 in his new position as a strategic advisor. I know I'd like to be a strategic advisor based on that number.
2: Yeah, some of the real heavy hitters and influences on the state's economy here, and probably a few that are from, from some smaller businesses, but certainly at the top of businesses like Wes Farmers and Woodside, you want people that are going to be making the right decisions. And on your list here, people like Mary Hackett, John Poynton, Sharon Warburton, Tim Goyder, Richard Goyder, Mark Barnaba, a lot of names that uh, our listeners will remember and be familiar with and if you want to hear exactly how much they're earning you're going to have to read jordan's feature thank you so much jordan thank you matt
1: hi
0: i'm danielle green general manager at business news are you a young business leader creating impact in your industry nominations are now open for the 40 under 40 awards celebrating and recognizing western australia's leading business professionals under the age of 40. Stand apart from your competitors, show your commitment to excellence and celebrate your place as a leader in your field. Nominate today. For more information, visit 40under40.com.au. This podcast was brought to you by Optus Stadium. Now taking orders for your next breakfast or lunch meeting. If you like what you've heard, head to our Spotify page to like and subscribe. New episodes of At Close of Business are available every day in time for our afternoon wrap. I'm Jordan Murray. See you tomorrow.